Hello, everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house. Episode 69. Nice, 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 nice. We should have wasted on a better anime. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, I'm Jackson. I'm John Bam as usual. Man, we could have gotten one of the fucking hentai OVAs in here. Oh, yeah, we uh, couldn't do Ninja Scroll. That deep, well, um, because of the Ninja Scroll is more hyper-violent. I was going to say, like, Legendly Overfiend or something. Legendly Overfiend, yeah. yeah. No, that kind of stuff. No, instead, uh, we're doing Le it. Blue Girl. <laughs> your uncle's beach house on the Blue Girl. Oh, here we go. It's time for your uncle's... <laughs> <laughs> time to just do the trashiest garbage in the world. <laughs> oh... Time for your uncle's beach house on Sayanouda. That would be a normal mapping. It's a problem. We've that one's uh. Here's the thing: is like that one at least has I think merit. Like I don't. I know Legendary Orphine, I know the Blue Girl, but I couldn't name you another hentai in the fucking world because I those are just the ones that people knew from back in you, the day. When you could name kids. more. If I was like putting a gun to your head, you could probably name more hentai. You wouldn't know anything about them. There's you, that. There's that action one that everyone posts the one gif of that's got that's mostly super like rapey and gross. Is what I doesn't I, nail it down. At all. It's like that one of that like they're like falling through. It looks like a Jackie Chan movie, but anime. The like the long gif video that people post every once in a while. And I was like, look at this. And everyone's like, don't watch it, though. I mean, normally like in the bowling alley maybe? i don't remember i don't remember okay. what happens because i know, like I know an 80s or 90s definitely. thing but you tell me you don't it. you don't know any you can't like call to mind any hentai that people have talked about you don't have to like sort of seen any of no, them genuinely no i have not seen either i haven't seen the generational gap is the fact that you you know were already in college uh, around the age that people are like, oh, joking about bible black and whatever um, i've heard of bible black i, I didn't know it's fucking terrible <laughs> Bible Black, uh, <laughs> um, Bible Black, like uh, Blackjack and Violence Jack, all are one thing in my head. I've no, even read Blackjack. No, There's no excuse no. for this. No, Bible. but like they all just kind of like Black Clover also just kind of exists in this like <laughs> thing of similar titles that I don't know anything about, even though I've read a little bit about Blackjack. Obviously, not one of those. <laughs> uh, Bible Black is porn. That is some fucking porn. Okay. Um, this is the thing I learned is that there, as '90s OVAs go into like 2000s OVAs, they stop being like trashy sex movies and just become straight porn. Which I don't mean as like a, that means it's an artistic quality, understands like a little of a, you know, nuance there. What I'm saying is the production realities of OVAs fucking changed in Japan. Yeah. And you get three minutes of nothing and then some really, really badly animated sex. And you watch that when you're 13 and you're like, I'm told this is meant to be really, uh, you know subversive and cool and sexy but I don't, I don't, it's not doing I just, it I just wasn't really into anime as a teen um, and, and also like exposure like my reference point for this is like the Street Fighter 2 movie has Chun-Li in the shower and she fights a guy shirtless everyone's like oh look at that isn't that crazy um, it was just a different time uh, yeah no I'm, I'm introduced to it as like uh, by the time I'm like 10 I've already accidentally gone into the wrong part of Newgrounds multiple times <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't even remember there being a wrong part of Newgrounds. This is absolutely this is like, a wrong part of Newgrounds. What are you talking about? You click, oh, it's the Teen Titans thing, and you know you're watching some Zone Tan stuff, and you're like, I'm ten. I don't, I don't know what's I happening. I don't know what any of that is. So here's the thing. Here's a, here's like a weird thing. I don't know what you're talking about, but I will say that when I got the Voip Life music this uh, this past week, I uh, at the outro. If you don't listen to Voip Life, Patreon account, so no mapping. It's ten dollars, and you get a Voip Life every two weeks. It's great. Um, I put in the ultimate 
ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny and my brain has the ultimate showdown and the ultimate orgy of ultimate destiny kind of just superimposed on each other um from my teen years <laughs> i don't even know what the ultimate orgy of ultimate i mean it's i can just figure like it out stupid, i can figure it's it out just like, <laughs> yes it's just the stupid like uh monster fuck version of ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. <laughs> it was a it's graveyard really fuck <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that might be the funniest joke <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, this is just kind of, um, I remember back on the old internet, there was, there would always be ads for uh dragon, like, no, what is it? Um, dragon moon Z, the fucking fake ass dragon ball Z sailor moon porn parody. Oh thing. no, no, thank you. Terrible. No, <laughs> yeah. don't do that. I'm pretty sure that was all like Western produced. I have no idea. It was just like endemic on the nineties internet. Um, it was just like, these are the two anime people. No, do you want to see them? Fuck. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Not even a little bit. I mean, in the, like, the thing, the main difference is in the era that I grew up in, like the sexy anime were not the expensive anime, right? You couldn't, it wasn't like there was an OVA market of really slickly produced blood and tits OVAs. It was just, you would go on a website and see some of the most garbage animation, but there were boobs and sex in it, right? <laughs> um, is what the state of this kind of thing was uh, when I was in high school. And, and I'm realizing it. Okay, so Dragon Moon Z is not that. That is a different thing. Okay. I'm, I don't know what this was. This is literally, I'm thinking of some ads from fucking 20 years ago. I, so I have, I have no, no idea. idea how to You're search for on this. on your own. Yeah. I'm sure someone will remember this and be able to tell me. And uh, if they are willing to admit it in the Discord, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did not expect to be talking about this at the beginning of this podcast. I'm not going to lie. Guess what? All this is way more interesting than Bubblegum <laughs> <laughs> we watched Bubblegum Crisis, the 1987 to 1991 uh, OVA from Art, whatever it called, Art Not Art Nink, that's another studio. Um, Art Mick and uh, AIC. Uh, also, crucially for the production details, uh, produced uh, with uh, Umex, which I believe is a uh, production company and like music label as well. Uh, who the main character press her voice actor uh literally this is her only role because she's mostly a singer and this this she sings the songs in the first three episodes and the last episode has a song from her band after that it, it, this was produced over such a long time that like the that situation changed behind the scenes and yeah, it got cancelled mm-hmm. at eight episodes etc etc things that might be known if you know the show um but it, it was produced partially by a music label which is uh honestly very common for anime in the 90s and the 80s uh and it had a soundtrack album for every episode that released which was not the norm uh and it had that kind of promotion and that that's that's what it is that's bubblegum crisis it is i guess i could do a summary but i don't really have a plot summary because it's not really a plot Uh, there's there's a bunch of police girls who get into big mechs and they fight boomers which are like biomechanical menaces that pretend to be people that's it that's the plot. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm actually going to ask you to summarize some things. Not not, not to summarize, but I'm going to ask you to uh, expand on some lore because you've watched Bubblegum Crisis. Oh, my God. I can't, I'm, I'm telling you right now I'm going to fail. I watched Bubblegum Crisis over three weeks because I literally had to take a week off. I was so bored. This, I don't, I'm don't. i not like here to get – I don't think I'm going to get things right. I'm curious because like, you've watched Bubblegum Crisis. I also watched AD Police and Bubblegum Crash and I read the AD – all of the 90s Bubblegum Crisis spinoff media. The rest of it like totals three hours. It's not like I went that far afield. Um, uh-huh. That's still three hours you're never getting back. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, and uh I learned many terrible things in that time. Um, but specifically the other things are so much clearer about the world building and lore of Bubblegum Crisis that I'm like, what are boomers? 
and why are boomers? Tell me these things. Oh, <laughs> um, so genomes making boomers. Yeah. Um, and they're like, they're like androids. They're synthetic life forms, right? Yes. Uh, but they, they seemingly, they either, I'm not sure if they go rogue individually or are always being like co-opted by fucking rich people who are evil. Seemingly both. <laughs> Yeah, because there's like sometimes it's like, oh, the boomers want their freedom and are willing to fight for it, like brief it on the edge, but don't think about it because that's not what the show's about. Or it's um, a, a executive has like a whole army of evil boomers, but he himself is also secretly a boomer at the very end. Always. Every single time. <laughs> every single time. Everyone's a fucking boomer in the show. Um, what happened? Why, why are there boomers everywhere? What happened? What's going on in Megatokyo? Why, why is it called Megatokyo? Oh, um... God, so uh, it's in it's in the 2030s. Yep. There was some sort of natural disaster, right? Okay, yes. Okay, yes. Uh, so it, it's all it, it, it's all kind of in there, but there there is like hard law to stuff that in the show Bubblegum Crisis itself is just like we're stealing from other things and you understand the iconography. Uh, yeah, it, like it's literally like the first episode's like, hey, you've seen Blade Runner, right? Isn't Blade Runner fucking sick? We love Blade Runner. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fair enough. I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> I'm here for it. But like, what if Blade? What if Blade Runner had Harrison Ford get into a booby mech? And I'm like, yeah, sure, it'd be better. I agree. Uh, you know, and the other things make it clear that like the, the earthquake hits, uh, and then to like reconstruct, there needs to be a labor force, and the labor force of the boomers and Genom provides the labor, labor force. Uh, okay, yes, yeah, so that's 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 like you can yes. reach that on your own, I guess. But I wasn't going to give them any credit. I'm not doing heavy lifting for Bubblegum Crisis. No, I'm not doing heavy lifting either. But it it, it makes it interesting of like the stuff around Bubblegum Crisis tries to take Bubblegum Crisis seriously as a world, uh, and like a story, uh, which is not true of Bubblegum Crisis, the show, which. I, I don't. This is a show I'm not not that hot on. We'll, we'll get into why in a second. But like, I don't necessarily think making that concrete and more, make more sense is better than just letting the aesthetics carry it. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need any more explanation because it's just riff. It's so heavily riffing on things that the lore isn't adding anything. Right? Like the the manga is a fucking like fake ghost in the shell situation where they're re- they're really t- there's a whole bit where like the boomers like they're like oh. Uh, the humans are like, oh, the boomers are just replacing us, but they don't have a soul. And the boomers are like, but how do you, like, what are you doing? Like, how do you don't have a soul either? You're just people. You're just doing things. And it's like, t- it's like serious sci-fi and Bubblegum Crisis spin-off. And I'm like, what? what's happening? Because uh, it's all started with the most, like, Bubblegum Crisis is just shot, almost shot for shot opens on the opening of Streets of Fire. It is just doing things. Yes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the first so like it's four, it's eight episodes of OVA, uh, came out across like four years, five years, eighty seven to like ninety one. Yeah, um, and the first episodes like it's just like you're gonna buy a VHS, you're gonna watch forty five minutes of some sick shit happening. Um, I think just it even in eighty seven feels a little like people have seen this before, but it's not like terrible. It's like it's very vapid. Um, but if you just want to watch some cop girls in robot suits fight a bunch of weird gross guys and brutally murder them as pop music plays and everything's like a cool 80s anime city they've got your back i think that's like a totally fine thing um obliterated by aesthetic blogs like you could just go and see all this on fucking tumblr and and it'd be better you'd be you would have a better time if you just put on your favorite anime music and watched gifs of bubblegum crisis yes and i don't even mean that necessarily derogatory there's a place for that i understand that like the OVA, OVA production is of a very particular time and place. Um, you know, the part where it's selling to the fucking worst otaku who go on to be monsters in the intervening 40 years. That sucks. I can't solve for that one. <laughs> um, yes. But um, 
I just want to consume that in a different way. Like the, the transformative form of people taking the best parts of it and just showing it to me uh, on its own, uh, you know? Bubble and Crisis is, is the perfect uh, seeding ground for cool OVAs or uh, AMVs, not OVAs. It is yeah. an OVA. It is an OVA, yes. No, it is, it is absolutely that. I mean, like half of the uh, sequences that are already uh, AMVs, right? Like it's big on the yes. soundtrack. Yes. Uh, every episode opens with a like unique title sequence with a unique bit yes. of music. Um, and they're all like cut to these montages. Um, but uh, there's very little story or emotion or character uh, throughout. Uh, like I said, I also kind of thought the first one was okay. And then as we went on, I was like, I, I started being bored and then just really ended up really hating this uh, point. And then I came as it left the eighties and, uh, turned around a little i liked the last couple episodes a bit bit more after all the plot nonsense with the guy brian j mason and then fake brian j mason yeah um and uh like in 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 it's nadir i was like this is so like so addicted to its aesthetics that it's like there's something really um inhuman about it especially with like the, the girl characters right the main girls the, the fucking murder ladies that are the entire plot uh there's they're barely they're not people they're not even like anime archetypy characters for the majority of this um, <laughs> yeah so um my main reaction like three episodes no like two episodes of bubble and christ when i got to the second episode it was boring i was like this is the show that dirty pair is making fun of but dirty pair is already out by the time this airs yes Dirty Fair is just such a vibrant show about like what if two very charming and like 80s anime girls uh, were just a destructive force that you just like coming in, literally Vasha stampeding their way into ruining everyone's lives. And it's like just played entirely as a joke. And that's this is what this is, except it's very serious about these office ladies who then at night dress up as cyber cops and then do very serious work at great cost themselves and those they love um like boring ass superhero shit that no one cares about every episode ends with like the villain <laughs> looking at the like older one and going ah oh, cilia stingray like there's going to be a fucking secret about her revealed um I, the I, the implication has to be that she's a boomer right uh, I can tell you the answer from Bubblegum Crash if you want, but... <laughs> yeah, no, tell me. I'm curious. Her dad invented boomers! Her dad uh, invented boomers. That's not boomers. as interesting as if she was a boomer. And Largo comes back and he's all like... Can... Largo comes back? <laughs> <laughs> Largo comes back again. Largo yes, so... <laughs> comes back to Mega Tokyo! Bombshell of the webcomic world! <laughs> yes, Largo comes back again. Um, yes. th there being a character named Largo in Mega Tokyo, I was just losing my mind thinking about time passing. Uh, if you don't know, Mega Tokyo most is a very... people listening don't know. You're old. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, this is what I think. I, Mega Tokyo was a very uh, anime influenced webcomic written by two Americans. It's still running. Um, I was gonna say was. Two people. One of them went away. The one, the character, the guy who was Largo went away. It's like a foundational early aughts gamer weeb web comic for a certain type of person it's still running it updates very infrequently uh it famously updated very infrequently even at the time it, there'd be like months between pages because uh it's like a fake manga drawn by a guy who taught himself how to draw fake manga from 90s manga books uh it's fine whatever but it, I, I liked it a lot as a teenager so <laughs> when when uh largo was in mega tokyo i was just having flashbacks to my own past <laughs> I was I was Gundam seated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were Gundam seated. Um, um but um the so the thing is like 
the girls don't have personalities um, in a way that's like remarkable. I'm like, how do you sustain seven episodes of them just not being people? Um, like some things happen to them. They have like events that define their characters. Like, oh, this person's in love with this character, blah, blah, blah. But none of it resolves into like, this is the ditzy one. This is the taciturn one. This is the like aggressive one in like the most generic way you would think of girls categorized in an anime. Um, and it's really funny because you get to the, this eighth episode, which is 1991. And suddenly um, they introduce like one new character and all of that just starts to like file into the show. You're like, if you just made this the second episode, the show would probably be good. Yeah. Um, the, the two episodes that anyone like uh, talk about in this specific sense are episode five and episode eight, right? Like, um, <laughs> yes, episode five is, <laughs> deserves from. Here's the thing before we get into that. Um, okay. The thing that's like just crazy making about this whole thing is um, no characters, but they got all the voice actors you would want. Like silly is voiced by Sakaki Bara. Yes. <laughs> like what are like uh, um, uh, Lena's voiced by uh, Tomizawa who voices like Rei Hino in, in Sailor Moon. Like they got the people um, Furukawa and Ikeda are both in this show. It's like, what are we doing? How do you get all of this talent and then waste it like this? It's, it's genuinely impressive. Yes. Uh, and I mean, like it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of overlap here with Megazone 23 part three as well. Like <laughs> Megazone 23 part three, also a enormous waste of time for everybody involved. Just, man, at, least I mean, this, at least this has completed animation, which you cannot say about episode yeah. 23 part three. <laughs> so, it just made me realize that, like, first of all, um, it made me understand Gainax as, like, why they get the treatment of being the special ones. Uh, oh, because they fucking finish their shows and they look good and have characters? <laughs> even more than that, like, I am often irritated by Gainax because they're like, look at how clever we're being. I'm like, you're 25 and none of you actually know anything and you're just ripping off other shows. But then I look at, like, the level of, like, the post otaku boom of the 80s kids that grew up on anime making the things they like and so much of that is so painfully empty on like an yes. elemental level i'm like you know yes. never mind gainax is the fucking greatest artist i've ever seen in this i understand yeah. why i guess they're gonna rise to the top when it's the the megazone 23 and the bubblegum crisis guys that they're like competition and peers yeah yeah that's just correct <laughs> <laughs> If you grew up on this shit, if you're watching Bubblegum Crisis and then you see like fucking uh, um, Die Buster, you're going to lose your mind. Your head will explode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Killed <right>. instantly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Uh, because like, Much like a boomer, you'll just explode <laughs> to a billion pieces of goop. <laughs> yeah. And you can really see the influence of like, this is mostly the generation of people that came up in the 80s making this, right? Like, it, yeah. you get the 70s anime and... Uh, uh, which is a lot of stuff we've watched, you know. Um, yeah, but like Tomo I watch this, and I go, "Oh, Macross just ruined people's lives." Yes, Macross <laughs> is the first one of this is made by people who aren't like influenced by book. They're influenced by other fucking anime. This is the anime yeah. people who like anime, and obviously there's like Blade Runner and Western movies in here as well. It's like yeah. a deeply referential but like, thing. Macross literally was Gun Gundam fans making a fan work. Like they, yes. they were making Gundam fanzines, and they're like, "We can make our own anime," uh, and they did. It was it was actually all right. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, but like, I I see every problem that these things have in there already, and it's specifically right. the like young men who's have this affection for sci-fi aesthetics, but not themes, recreating things that did have ideas once, uh, with no thought, right? Like this Blade, it's Blade Runner dystopia because you need an evil corporation, um, 
in your cyberpunk project, but it's not about the ways in which the evil corporation like inf- infects people's lives, right? Like, yes. the fetishization of the aesthetic is so deep. Uh, they love 80s Japan. 80s Japan is not, like, there's nothing... In Blade Runner, it's, it's tinged with an orientalism. It's like, isn't it scary that this like weird Japanese uh, metropolis is in LA now? Is, is LA, that's my Blade Runner. I'm right about that, right? Um, I believe that's true. Yes. Uh, so there's like an orientalism to that fear, which I would critique. Uh, where, but like Bubblegum Crisis is the opposite of like it's actually the greatest thing ever to make modern Tokyo, uh, where all like sense of history has been replaced by western commercialism and yes. it's not it's not about the like fusing of those cultures across like capital and what happened to post-war japan uh it's pure about how cool it is when there's neon lights yeah like looking at the directors of these episodes it's like this is everyone's first shot after they like did some work on like a sunrise show right the director of five or, and like- six is 21 years old yeah, when he makes this. So yes, yeah, uh, that's Obari, and Obari goes on to make like Gravion and uh, Gundam Build Fighters Battle Log and Divers Battle Log. We'll see him again in GGP in the future. He yes. made the Fatal Fury picture. Like the guy who made um, Episode Eight uh, went on to do all of Ah oh My Goddess. So I'm like, oh, you know, that's one that I uh, remember people liking in the '90s. And, you know what? I can see a, a good like show that people like in the 90s in episode eight of the show. Yes, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I guess I was hoping like from the outside, looking at the director's list, which I knew before I watched the show, um, there would be more differences in directorial style between episodes. No. Um, well, that's not really the case. It's just kind of like, oh, there's another one. I think eight really stands out. Yes, eight stands out. But like, obviously, not only but. is it very differently directed, it's also a year after the last episode. The 90s yeah. are fucking here. It's barely, it's like mostly set in the daytime. Um, yeah. It feels like a different show at that point. It's already, because yeah. ch- I know people say, oh, Crash is different. Don't watch Crash. It's stupid. And it, it, it is like the Saturday morning cartoon version. But the, the thing is that, that this team was already there by eight. Uh, yeah. I think crash. I think eight's still the best version. I wouldn't. Well, recommend eight literally is on. like a fucking Spider-Man plot. Like yes, <laughs> it's uh, all but, about like a plucky a plucky young photographer takes a picture of one of the girls in and can see through her helmet who, who it is, and then is like very cutely trying to like get them to admit it to her as she hangs around and like the whole building goes on lockdown and like I'm like it's a Ninja Turtles plot at that point about April O'Neil. <laughs> uh, yes, and, and they like episode eight. They finally realize wait, Nene's the main character, not Pris. Yes, because. <laughs> um, Here's the actual thing, and you can track uh, like the changing in um, across the episodes. Is that initially the only actual like real character interaction beyond just plot things of people saying things and going, "Oh, let's fight the boomers," is Leon, the cop guy who sucks. I hate him with all my heart. Um, trying to flirt with Press, who is the main like cool lady on the team, uh, and he's like, "Oh, we we go get a date later," and then she like stands him up and walks away and it's just that joke across like four episodes and eventually it just kind of goes away and they stop doing it um mm-hmm. but like that was the only like human part of the show was the relatable fucking incel guy i hate i was i was like furious i was like this is garbage this is so bad uh because the way he's written as compared to any of the girls who are just kept at total distance they give them no interiority uh they give them no like reactions beyond the most stock like oh i failed my mission oh she should have survived right like that's kind of the only emotion that they show beyond like being horny but in a very safe way they don't express desire they just make jokes about like i wish i could get a man or i wish my tits were bigger you know the very stock anime yes. stuff um yeah because they're, they're just too terrified to actually write a woman character it feels like it's weird yeah and not even in like it's weird because like 
I think there's a certain like empty calories, like appeal to like best girl shows, right? Yes. Like, you know, whatever. Um, they're often very regressive, but sometimes you just want a bad anime to put on and it can be fun to be like, Oh, I really like this one. And this other girl sucks. And, you know, do the, do the pick your favorites and watch the show and not think too hard about it. Um, this show just doesn't have the space for it. There's like every time they do it, it's dour and empty and self-serious and unpleasant <laughs> and not like a, it's super gross way. Um, <laughs> they say that for the sequels. We're not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just like, wait, it's just, it's just not fun. There's nothing fun here. I have very little fun watching this. And I thought this was going to be an easy slam dunk on uh, some super violence and some trashy bullshit. Uh, like when we watched, um, when we watched like MD Geist, MD Geist is a riot. I had such a good time watching MD Geist. There's none of that here. Yeah. There's none of that energy, uh, that I was like, oh, it'll be like the fun and OVA with the stupid energy. And nah. the director, the director of episode four, um, Hiroki Hayashi goes on to make like Tenchi Muyo Ryoki, uh, the first Tenchi Muyo series. We watched it together. We had a great time that like, that's one of these, but it's good. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like. On the Bubblegum Prices Wikipedia page, they say, like, the show is an inspiration for Tenchi Miyo. Uh, Hayashi described Bubblegum Crisis as a pretty gloomy anime. Serious fighting, complicated yes. human relationships, and dark mega Tokyo. They thought it would be fun to create some comedy episodes with ideas like the girls going to the hot springs, but it was rejected by the sponsors. He also said that there was a trend to have a bunch of characters and one gender and a single with the other gender. He was like, what if Mackie was a main character? Uh, this became the basis for Tenchi, which is very funny because Mackie, not a person. Tenchi, good harem protagonist, right? Like it's doing sex yes. comedy stuff, but I think Tenchi really works. Uh, yes. Every girl is distinct. Um, most of the plots are about their like emotional states and you know, as they bounce archetypes. off each other as cartoons. Yes. yes. Uh, but knowing that like the people behind the show felt kind of trapped by the form of making this dark cyberpunk thing that had to be serious when they're mostly interested in drawing girls. I just don't know why the sponsors wouldn't be like, yeah, give us a fucking uh, hot springs episode. Easy win. Should be they, an easy win. This show hilariously uh, as of like episode two or three puts it's like OVA, you're buying this, you get to see some tits in the like transformation sequence where the girls suit up in the robot suits and then drops it. <laughs> they just forget that they had the sequence. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the very end of Crash uh, is naked Celia uh, arguing with Largo about the JRPG nonsense, you know, end of the plot. But yeah. she's like standing there completely naked with her hand over her tits so that no one can see her nipples. And I'm like, wait, hang on, what's going on here? Uh, because I really got the sense that they didn't like they didn't quite understand the like age range they were like aiming at. Yes, because it's also like a weird sentai show about cool girls, right? Like, I yes. I get how from eighty seven to ninety one the demographic that might be interested in Bubblegum Crisis has changed, and you have to tone down. Yes. Yeah, no, for stuff. sure. It's just like even from the jump, it feels so perfunctory about like, oh, mm -hmm. we gotta have some fan service. We're selling VHS tapes, right? Um, and you're like, none of nothing in the show feels like a labor of love. <laughs> it um, just feels cynical um I, i'm like how can anyone get enthused about any of this it's yeah i think the thing for me isn't like clearly it is a labor of love i think there's like incredible animation cuts especially in the early episodes uh, yes the early it, episodes are just generally much better even though they're not like different uh but it's always um very technical quality yes uh i think about the fight scenes uh i think they're like often really well animated but the the uh the night sabers are truly terrible like fighting characters they are they are fully like 
they're visored up, right? You don't see their personalities. They yes. are in Toku suits, but they don't have expressive, like, different physicality. They don't yeah, have wa- different, like, personalities in the fights that Watch- come through. Watching this, my main takeaway was, oh, this OVA explains so many weird protagonists of 16-bit video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, because that's that's what the, they just look like generic action man from a Mega Drive game. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's so weird because like, and and also with the music, right? They'll 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 put on a needle drop. Uh, they'll have a fight scene. And they'll be like really intricately animated. But then I'll be watching it and thinking like, the reason you have an have an action scene and a song play in a movie and it, it is to say something about the characters it gives a different emotional tone at no point was the music like used to express anything about like the rencounts to the images that enhance the images sometimes the editing would like sync up and it would give like a base level of oh, I'm, I'm liking this as a music video uh but you compare this to what the end of streets of fire is doing which is the thing they're clearly very inspired by and that that movie we talked about reference screens famously terrible characters i don't like anyone in that movie it's it's kind of boring and, and weird and yet the editing and the use of music and the way that ending hits it, it works i don't need to like the characters for that ending to work and this doesn't have any of like that kind of like emotional understanding of why you put songs in films and why you have action scenes it's just cool 80s music over uh cool robot Girl. I, they're barely like i say robot girls because it's the female characters in robot suits and they fight but like they have no humanity as they fight they are robots punching other robots there's not like and then they do a cool pose and stuff right there's no yeah it's inspired by toku but like when toku actors are in suits you can some toku fans can tell when a different suit actor is in a suit sometimes right like because you can yes. tell the humanity of the people doing the fight scenes and it just doesn't come across at all yeah um even the way it uses music in its montage, I'm like, Matt Cross did this better, like, you know, yes. seven seven years ago, right? Yes, Matt Cross is just better at this. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, like, Matt Cross hasn't come back in a real, like, two happened, but, like, plus hasn't happened yet. So I understand that, like, people have not lost their minds to the potential of music and anime being meshed together. Um, same with you about Matt Cross Plus. It was very influential about doing that thing in particular um, with its great soundtrack. Um, I mean, uh, like, but- Matt Cross Plus is peak, like, I may hate it, but I hate it because it cares. Like it's, it really <laughs> believes in its weird, like race sex plot line that's going on there. It's, oh yeah, no, all the all the weird uh, racist shit that is bad. I I'm still a fan of Macross Plus. I get it though. No, but um, I mean, like the, it, it yes. cares about that. It cares about yes. the charged violence and sex of these youths in their Top Gun war. Uh, whereas this is what a show. What if Miku was evil and wanted to fuck the protagonist? Right. Whereas this is a show <laughs> yeah. that has lesbian vampires that like express their love by holding hands at length. Oh my God. <laughs> We've got to talk about episode five. So episode five on the written down, I feel like is the one everyone would go. Oh yeah. I gotta watch that. That sounds crazy. Uh, <laughs> where there is a killer draining people of blood. And they're like, is, is it is it a vampire? Whatever. Um, and no, it's not. <laughs> it's a boomer again. I don't need to shock you. It's a boomer, but they need. They're like they need to feed on blood because their programming is corrupted. They're like two yes. like sex androids who escaped, and they until they get they're able to steal the disc that will fix their program. They need to feed on blood to survive. <laughs> yep. But like all that's done in like a very like 
it, this is like got lesbian energy up until the point they have to show anything. And then they mostly just hold hands sitting on a bed. There's one scene where she like bites her neck and it like fades away and the blood's in neon. And it's like they're terrified to draw like naked girls kissing. And I'm like, it's an over. Your time is now. You you have the stage. <laughs> Why are you so scared? No one's going to judge you for this. When I was tweeting with this, I was like, oh, this is like a lesbian cyborg uh, vampire episode. And multiple of my friends were like, oh, really? And I was like, no, no I promise no, no, you it's no. not what you think. You don't want this one. You can do better. <laughs> yeah i like when they like make their commitment to like we're gonna uh do this together and go all the way and uh even if it kills us it like pulls out the, a wide shot of the two of them like arms out holding hands they're just good friends and i'm like this is a lesbian cyber vampire trashy ova like do you what are you do, do you not understand what we're doing here <laughs> like what's going on um yeah. and uh that was like one of the scenes also that like uh, Nene is in that in earlier when the like the sexroid stuff is revealed. She's like, haha, sexroid's like, oh, Magri, I could be a sexroid and all that stuff. And I'm like, but you're like, what? Why? Why is she horny right now? Other than like, there's no character. I could just transparently see, you know, lady drawn by men, written by men, made made jokes like that they would make about how sex droids are fun put on the screen. Right? It was like yes. the the, the uh, artifice of it all was so obvious. I found it like disgusting, but not in a way that's like it's so gross because. It didn't even have the confidence to actually commit to anything gross. Um, no, it's just like pathetically sexist out of inertia. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because I wouldn't even describe this like show as particularly like driven and horny, right? It's not like, oh, they're no. putting on their fetishes on the screen because they're not. They don't. It, it, whenever they're drawing naked ladies, it doesn't even. They don't care. It, they're scared of it. Uh, it. Like we say, it doesn't feel like there's the uh, passion of. Um, the young kids making their uh, subversive horny anime. It, it, yep. It's not that all the, at all. all the, this, is, this also applies to the violence. Like, all the violence against the boomers who are just, like, big sacks of, like, green blood, mostly. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. um, it, like, wants to lean in. Even when it tries to do its, like, Ninja Scroll stuff, it, it does it so half-heartedly. Um, I'm like, yeah, you can get away with anything if you're blowing up robots. There's nothing, he there's nothing here, and, like, none of the human characters are ever particularly, like... There's a couple times... The only time they go for it is when they reveal that a human's a boomer. Some of those are like gross in a way that I find fun, but like mm -hmm. it's not enough. It's so little. Yeah. Um, and by like episode eight, there's like one where <laughs> the person who's a boomer reveals they're a boomer just by like hulking out. They literally just go raw and like their skin <laughs> explodes. I'm yeah. like, this is more fun. This is like obviously aimed at a younger audience. It's like much more like colorful and weird, and that it's better than like doing yourself serious like grime anime. Uh, yeah, and that's that's like the other side is that like episode eight is suddenly a not amazing but just totally standard decent anime that's mostly about Nene and her like place in the AD police uh, yes and her place in the um, night sabers uh, and like they do the stock scenes there of like oh she's she's put on weight and you know the gross shit's in every anime because literally every anime for girls is the most anorexic evil thing ever made but uh, <laughs> the difference between like. The difference between that and the like sex roid stuff earlier when Nene's just being used as a prop to make horny jokes for guys um, is like the focus is on her insecurity about it. She is, it is a scene about how Nene is sad that her friends are like roasting her about something that she's trying for. Uh, yes. And I'm like, hang on, they've just said, like, why was this not episode two? Because this is the first episode that hasn't just taken it as writ that I care about all these girls. It is investing in the relationships between the, the girls, giving them distinct drives and personalities and focusing on one of them and giving them like a small reason to like step up to the plate and, and do the action scene at the end. Uh, it was just, it just felt so much more functional. Yes. 
It was really weird to see the show like kind of become a thing that I want to watch uh, right as it ends. I'm like, okay, well, yep. never mind. <laughs> I guess I'm done. <laughs> Time to go do anything else. Uh, um, it, here's the thing: like we have we have some friends who really like this, um, and they're gonna roast us ceaselessly. <laughs> um, yes. I will point out both of those friends are people who grew up in the era where like getting anime was hard to do. And you watch tapes, and you were happy to just see animation from Japan that was cool and edgy. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I, but we don't, neither of us exist in that world or really, I, I barely remember it and I wasn't into it at the time and you just weren't around for it. Um, we've seen Dirty Pair. Yes. <laughs> we've seen MD Geist. Um, you know, if I just wanted the super violence, I could go watch the super violent OVAs. Uh, if I just wanted like the cool girls doing dumb police missions, I've got that. If I want the gritty version of this, I can watch Ghost of the Shell. If I want a crappier version of this, I could go watch uh, Dominion Tank Police. <laughs> I'm just like, all I see is like, this exists in a spectrum of OVAs that exist in the world, and many of them are mid, and this is definitely among the mid ones, and I get why when this was brought over in America, it hit, it has like a cultural reputation for, because it, you know, they weren't, bring, they, they weren't bringing out Macross in the same way. Like the Macross that doesn't exist, the, the Macross that people are talking about when this aired. I get it. But um, I don't live in that world, so I don't have to be like this. 80s anime isn't an aesthetic in the West in the 80s and 90s, right? Like, Akira comes over here and people uh, have... There, to, uh, are, there are a couple people, like, yes, if you're in a city that saw Akira, like, if you're in, like, especially if you're in, like, LA or New York, places that would, like, get import stuff, you're seeing, and maybe have, like, good Japanese populations that maybe have a TV station, right? That's like mm -hmm. airing NHK or something. You could, you could see anime. I'm not right? saying it wasn't, it didn't exist. That there wasn't fans. I'm saying that like when you are watching Bubblegum Crisis now, even if you've not watched any anime, you've been on the internet and seen people post some like cool gifts of screens from an 80s show. Yes. Like, like yes. it is ubiquitous in culture in like yes. as an aesthetic and as a thing that people have nostalgia for in a way that like, the, because of the piecemeal and slow drip fed way that anime came over, it was oh, yeah. very plausible that you could go from watching Akira uh, and like maybe a Ghibli film to watching this. And you're like, holy shit, my world's changed. Yeah. Um, and my thing is because in a world where infinite anime happens, I'm like, I could just watch, but I know, I know of other better versions of the same story. I I've seen many of them. I like them. There's other ones I intend to watch in the future and I don't have to settle for something that's like only kind of stylish sometimes. And mostly is just not fun kicking your door down like a home invasion protagonist gun to your head what is lena's lena's personality uh <laughs> no 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 shoot me right now <laughs> yep um she's sad they're all sad i could just pick sad uh press is like the cool leader uh who's the most like lono one who'll walk out and, and is you know the, the sexy one also even though they're all the sexy one but is positioned that way she's the main one nene is the yeah. like insecure younger one um uh who's a uh, i guess the ditzy one as much as the, they're not really leaning into this archetype but if she if they were leaning into the archetype that's kind of what she is they, they she's kind of that in episode eight uh yes you know uh Celia is the uh the milf of the group she's the old that's literally that's it that's all you get <laughs> she's um, got cool hair she's got cool hair uh, and like Nene should be my favorite. She's clearly in episode eight. There's a great bit where she like <laughs> the, the building gets attacked and she goes and she puts on all her like cop gear and guns and like her like holster vest and everything and fires like three bullets. And then it asked to get in the mech and has to like undo all of her holster and guns and stuff to go get in her mech suit. And it's very funny. I'm like, that's that's fun. She's a cute character. Like she should be the fucking lead of the show. Yes. 
you uh, that the problem with episode eight being the good one is I'm like, you know what's good? Fucking Pat Labor. I could just watch Pat Labor again. What am I wasting my time with this? You never have to watch it again. You have 50 episodes of Pat Labor. I, yes, you I have seen. a whole other Pat Labor I haven't seen yet. Um, that probably has a ton of this kind of cute office slice of life stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then Lena just gets nothing. She's just the other girl. I think like, it was kind of <laughs> incredible. Um, I know she's like the main character in Tokyo 2040. Uh, but uh, that's a whole different thing. I'm sure everyone's very different there. Linda's thing is I'm like, oh, this is like Aeon Flux, but too early. <laughs> yes. Uh, in in Crash, okay, in Crash, there, there's three episodes. Only one of them is anything re- resembling decent. Um, the, the second two, like the, the second one is uh, Pris having to get over her boomer racism, which she has now. Um, it's really bad. The third one is Largo comes back. It's not very good. <laughs> okay. Um, but the first one is it's two years later, and Nene thinks that the lightsabers have disbanded, <laughs> um, <laughs> and wants to get everyone back, and is mad because presses off with her music career, and she's got a shitty, kind of weird, creepy boss. Um, but not that creepy because it's, it's kind of for kids now. Uh, but uh, Lina has become a stockbroker, <laughs> and she's obsessed oh with God. money. <laughs> Um, Lina and uh, uh, Sayla are gonna hang out, and as like Silly is getting the uh, the crew back together, um, Pris and uh, Lina keep being annoyed with Nene for like, why you bring us back together? We had a bag secured, and I'm like, oh, they're actually hanging out and making jokes. It's like a real show. Uh, so I would say episode one of Crash is also kind of okay. It's it's very boring when the action gets going. It's they don't have it anymore. There's you can tell the behind the scenes have fucked it all up. Episode eight of uh, Crisis is still the best thing, but um. They they do at least realize that oh like Nene is kind of the heart of this, yeah. Uh yeah, it's just kind of a shame. Yeah. I was hoping I was like this is gonna be an easy slam dunk. We just watch some stylish shit that doesn't matter, and we have a decent time. And uh, you couldn't even do that. Should just watch MD Geist another four times. <laughs> Come in and talked about that. Yeah, I mean they blow up like half of the towers in the world in one episode. It doesn't matter. It's nothing. It's no. <laughs> There's a bit where he's like uh, all of the major cities: Sydney, Paris, Illinois. <laughs> yes, that thing is funny. Uh, I thought that was incredibly funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and hiccups. Rip, 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 rip. Oh, I don't like that. I guess we should wrap it up unless you have something else. No, I, I was disappointed. Like, I feel like our criticism is um, set up to bounce off a show like Bubblegum Crisis. Uh, it, I don't think that's true because we fucking love Dirty Pair. That's true. Dirty Pair doesn't have like any deep thematic depth. In fact, I'd yeah. say it would have less because Bubblegum Crisis tries to do more with the Genom stuff, uh, whereas Bu- yeah. Dirty Pair is all comedy all the time. I mean, we we like we like Ghost in the Shell. We like Pat Labor. Like we can we can do it all with this stuff. And those are not like super deep. Standalone yeah. complex often is not super deep. We still like it most of the time. Yes, uh, it just it just hit bad. I guess I've just got to stay away from this side of like anything that Shinji Aramaki is credited on is clearly not good. <laughs> not just him, uh, my thing. But... Watch, watching this as we get to episode, I'm like, man, I need to watch more '90s anime. I know '80s anime is like where people are like, oh, that's the shit. Now I need to watch more '90s stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I'm watching this. I'm like, I should have watched Escaflone. You should. Escaflone is really good. I, if you don't want, I mean, I, I would like to do it as a backup show sometimes. So if you want to sit on it, feel free. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm making no plans either way. I'm not, okay. I'm not thinking about if it. If you get to it, that's fine. But if not, it's probably gonna be a backup show a little later on mm-hmm. when we get to the 26 episode Gundams. Uh, yeah. 
because while a, a, a certain like a good section of our audience is um watched it uh i think that's one where like everyone should watch it because it's so unique in the field as like a fucking shoujo inspired mech anime and i need everyone to be on team alan uh and so i'm gonna force the audience to listen to me talk about how alan's the best boy you'd think there'd be more of that but <laughs> you really would uh unfortunately no because like uh, famously mecha is a surprisingly like popular with women genre right like it is yeah driven by uh you know Gun Gun and BL is huge, right? Like Sharon Amaro are the fucking Gun Wing hit like a meteor. Right. Operation Meteor. <laughs> um but like the and the actual boys shown but popular boys shown is not always the mecha stuff. In fact, like mecha's like kind of fallen off in popularity greatly the last two decades. Yes. So you'd you'd think that they I guess they do kind of know because um you can tell that uh which of Mercury is aimed a little more. And no, it's not doing BL stuff, but it is definitely not just aimed at guys. Um yeah. But you would still think it would be, you would have more like, I'm going to a cool night land and my boyfriends are fighting over me with mech with swords. Seems yeah. like a slam dunk. I just think that's just gone. Like the, the, those two fields were separate. Mech's not big enough to like justify doing it. So you, you go and you get, you get those night shoujo stories. You can go watch like fucking Snow White with the red hair or whatever. Uh, that's, you know, it has like fucking 800 volumes. I was going to read that at some point. And I was like, this is still going. And it's like at volume 40. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Just too big. Can um, I introduce that uh, Chinese government law? that's like no manga more than 15 volumes. When they, <laughs> they, like, they limited <laughs> TV shows to 40 episodes or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that I think they I think Shoto just doesn't need mecha, right? But unfortunately, as someone who does a mecha thing, I'm like, I really wish there was more crossover there so, so I could be fed. Yeah. I know Mecha is extremely in its flop era. No one cares about Mecha anymore. Yeah. Like they like Gundam because it's the brand and Gunpla's huge. Yeah, like Gunpla's in in, in it's flourishing, um, but it has nothing to do with the actual content that's being aired in the world. Uh, yeah, there's Adam Zero did not did not kill Gundam as, as they intended to. Uh, in my heart, it did. Slain Troyard, you fucked everything up for everyone. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be in that Magneto prison the rest of his life because they're never oh, making a season three. I'm never getting out of here. Go, I'm Slain Troyard. Anyway, uh, that was Bubblegum uh, Crisis. What are we doing next month? Next month we are going finally. Well, not finally. We're gonna go back and finish Haruhi. We're gonna watch season two. We're gonna watch Disappearance of Season of Haruhi. Um, that might be a little late, like this one was. I mean, this is going to come out in early March, so you know. We're 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 not beholden to anything, <laughs> but it will be coming um, yeah. within the next like five six weeks. So I'm so excited. Um, yeah, uh, I'm very curious how I'm going to feel about that movie and season two. You've like read up through all the stuff that's going to be covered, right? Uh, yeah, I've read. I will. I will have read through everything that had released by the time the movie came out. I've got one more volume to read. I'm not reading the like final two volumes. Okay. Um, I I will at some point. I I will like some will be current with Harry and I'll. Let me tell you, last book annoyed me because I'm like, oh, I can see you introducing like plot threads that would be the... In your head, you have a 20-volume plan, and I know you're never getting through it. Fucking light novels. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, probably a good thing the movie stops uh, yeah. in 2010. And uh, no, one, no one's around to adapt the rest now. This is like... 
this is the frozen teardrop thing. If even if they could make it, I no one exists in the world who could make it the way I want it, which is right after Gundam Wing, but with a way bigger budget. Okay, that's not. A, you have to be clear about that because in the frozen teardrop case, that's the thing of time. In in the Harry case, like a lot of the people are actually dead. I don't think you realize oh, yeah, that when you're true. saying that. That's true. But I that's had true. to correct you. Like that. That I know you didn't mean that in bad taste. No, I just mean that the anime of the aughts doesn't exist anymore. No, I I know what you meant, but like. When you use those words, they, they mean something. I just had to yeah, uh, bail you out of that one. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I know that that movie is beloved, um, and I'm very, I'm very curious, very curious how they adapt it. It was like the longest anime movie ever made for a while, right? I think it still is. I don't think um, oh, End of Eva beat it. I think it's not End of Eva. You know, the new one. Yeah. Hang on, I'm taking a look. Um, In this no. corner and other corners of this world is 168 minutes, and finally a motto is 163 minutes. So they both beat that. Finally. Uh, imagine going to the cinema and watching 163 minutes of your motto. Too much. Yeah. This is the this is the extended cut of uh, Final Your Motto, yeah. Um, God. Uh, Ashton and Joe compilation movies in here. Damn, okay. Sure. Anyway. That's it. We, uh, we're going to cover Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. We already did. We already did. We already did. We already we, did. Right, we already did. We already did. That's correct. I'm not thinking about that movie anymore. <laughs> That's not true. You won't think about that movie again. Uh, You'll do that every time. That's fine. Uh, evil. Well, let's hope the rest of this year brings us more success. The Mobile Crisis. Uh, excited for Harahi. No idea what we're doing after that. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, plugs. Yeah, you can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find uh, the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Um, there's a whole bunch of cool ones there. Go listen to them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find, uh, you can support us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash normalmapping. For $1 a month, you get the Greek Gundam Project. We're currently watching Gundam Seed Destiny. It sucks. We're watching Aura Battle or Dunbine. It's fucking great. For $5, you get blockbusters. We recently did Titanic with a bunch of our friends. We're about to do Pretty Woman, which will be fun. Um, and at $10, you get VoIP Life, where we recently did a bracket of 128 movies we covered. If you would like to find out what we think the best movie we've ever watched for a podcast is, you can check that out. Yep. Uh, you can see how poorly most of the anime did. <laughs> the anime did fine. We just watched some yeah. classic cinema. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, there's one anime that did very well. So true. I wonder if people guess which one that is. Yes. Most people have listened to this, but um, yeah. Uh, that's it. Like I said, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, there's no outro for this podcast. Shit. No, we're out. Goodbye. See you later. Go home.